With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 2020 has presented its share of challenges, and some of us are taking a hard look at our future. Can you imagine owning your own business? As an Amerispec franchise owner, you can have more security and control over your future and be there for your community with an essential service year-round. You could join the most recognized brand and home inspection services, Amerispec, and provide peace of mind to home buyers. With low startup costs and excellent operational support, you can be a business for yourself, but not by yourself. Learn more at join com slash podcast. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whenever it is you are listening to this recording. Welcome to another edition of Chessy Hour. Maybe the first edition of like a season two of sorts, uh, season preview for the 2020-21 season. We had the closest thing to an off-season for us last week and it was the first one we ever had. Um, barring the odd once technical glitch far-flung 9, 10, 11 months ago. So I hope everyone's being refreshed. 
probably more interested than some of the Chelsea squad are going to with such a weird pre-season coming up. Um, joined by the regulars, all the same. Uh, Jermaine, what's going on, my friend? Uh, all good, brother. What's going on? How are you? You good? How are you? Very formal. Oh, very formal. This is real, real new guy in the training ground sort of behaviour there. <laughs> uh, I imagine that's how Havertz is, is greeting Reese James and all that. How, how are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mees, what's going on, mate? Uh, I can't complain, man. I can't complain. Good. Had a stressful and, couple and of weeks. Stressful couple man. of weeks? What's that? You said stressful couple of weeks. Yeah, man, I've been so busy. So now I like, kind of let my hair down Listen, a little bit. Oh. Don't worry. The Havertz deal is over the line. Yeah. All right. Season's <laughs> here. All good. Pels, how you been? All good, man. All good, thanks. You're welcome. It's a very, very new season and very, very full. Lads, like, I was here last year, you know? <laughs> Do you know what it is, yeah? I think it's just the exhaustion of that Havertz prolonged transfer, yeah? It's just taken the wind out of us a little bit because it was so energy sapping. We need to get the levels right now, man. Okay. Honestly, as well, like, having a week off, I feel like, and we got battered on Twitter, by the way. There was people just saying, like, where's the pod? And then Havertz, I think, got announced that afternoon. And it was oh. like, uh, lads, you might want to do a fucking pod. Uh, but we needed, we needed the July. We needed the, the pre-season. Yeah. Um, and, and as Terry and Lampard once famously spent their off-season, anyone, anyone on the YouTube will see that I've positioned myself this week centre, right in the front of Roman's yacht because that is the flex of the summer right now and I googled it this is actually Roman's yacht like, unless that? all the newspapers and this is the one it's probably got a name but I can't see I what forgot, it is I've forgotten the but name yeah, I'm sure it's got a name I'm sure it's got a name we'll just call it the marina because because that's been the that's been the real clutch mover this season um, listening I, I can't lie it's good to be ruining football again from when you're seeing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer complain that, that they can't just do a quick fix even though you know they're probably eventually going to sign a man for 120 million pounds and sign a man for about 60 in January last year or, or whether it's Jurgen Klopp saying they're a different type of club that can't buy the best players in the world to fill all 11 positions like they bought the best centre-back in the world and probably the best goalkeeper in the world at the time and probably 60 million on an uh, unproven player or 40 million on one of the best sitting DMs and listen you know they're a different type of club they don't do yeah. it they just don't do it. They're more principled than us, um, clearly. They've got values and they, they just don't do it. Anyway, it's good to be ruining managers' days uh, just that quickly and to be the Havertz one that tipped everything over the edge. Um, so so I'm, I'm enjoying that a little bit. I'm enjoying that more than I probably should. Um, and we're all in the clear because of our two years of just not really spending too much. So with that said, season is... Uh, is on the on the horizon. It is the eve of the season. Our season kicks off against Brighton Hove Albion uh, Monday evening, Monday the fourteenth. So we've got a weekend to just get geared up for that and, and and see all the little stories of who might come out, team selection, everything like that. Now we'll start with a little bit on the game before getting into the wider, bigger picture of the season. But I think it would be it's such a weird preseason. It would be a bit of a reach to discuss, you know, how Lampard will line up. Entirely, as as we've seen next to nothing meaningful in this preseason, barring a, a friendly, funny enough, against Brighton. Um, 
But what we can probably discuss a little bit more for this start of the season are the signings. So we're missing Hakim Ziyech um, with an injury picked up in that friendly. And as expected, he lined up on the right. He was cutting in. He was playing those diags. He was looking to play in behind. Uh, and it was, it was a nice sight. We're going to be missing Thiago Silva, obviously, as he's not yet trained with the group. Still coming in. And Ben Chilwell won't be fit yet for that one either. So Jermaine's boy, uh, Le Marcos, will be most likely taking position there. But, you know, don't worry. It's a long season, Jermaine. Now, who we will probably be seeing in this first game is is the two signings that, that have um, stirred a lot of clubs the wrong way. So, so Timo Werner, who we have seen in a first outing. Um, and, obviously, the boy, Killer Kai Havertz. Um, just as an open question, really, I mean, we saw a bit of Werner as a, as a nine in a 4-3-3 coming very, very deep to get involved in play, which I know he's done more as a second striker this year, but I wasn't expecting him to be so deep and involved. Um, and Ziyech, who even with Lampard's press conference recently said, you know, he's played as a 10 uh, and a 7 and uh, done a lot of good work as a forward. So I don't think Lampard even knows really what he wants to do with Kai, but... Um, got a lot of options there. So how do we see these two in particular fitting in? Do we expect them to start v Brighton? Um, and and how? Um, I expect Havertz. Uh, uh, I expect him to start, and I expect Werner to start. Um, for me, Werner, um, he he played up front against Brighton just on that friendly game, and he played up front twice for Germany um, in uh, the international break. So I'd be very surprised if he didn't start um, and didn't play up front. Um, and he looked very, very sharp. Um, again, against Brighton, looked sharp. Um, I think that what, what surprised me and quite a lot of people, in fact, was his work rate. The amount of running that he gets through um, and just the level of uh, desire to actually, not just press, because I think it's not a thing where it's just a haphazard press, but also when the ball does go past him, um, He's running to the wing, so chasing down wingers, chasing down fullbacks. Um, and probably to an extent, you might want him to stay a little bit um, central and not to necessarily do all that work. But I think it's just the nature of the player. Um, it's something that I probably haven't seen. Uh, you know when Diego Costa first came and he was run, he was all over the shot when it came to running and pressing, pressing opposition and his work rate and work ethic. And that's something I think, Frank will probably enjoy and pro probably appreciate the most because Frank's probably favourite phrase is work ethic. He says it all the time. And um, Timo brings that in spades. Um, I'd be surprised if Havertz didn't start um, simply because, again, he was ready to play against Germany, but um, that was cut short because we, we kind of interrupted everything and uh, basically told Germany, hey, yo, listen, don't play my boy in there. Don't play him, don't play him. So um, it's um, I'm expecting him and... Um, him and Werner to start, but I don't know with Frank. You know, he might just think, you know what, this might be a bit too soon for, for Havertz. But it, for, for, for Werner, I think Werner's a definite start, a shoo to start, to be perfectly honest. Hells, Mies alluded to it a little bit there, uh, as I did in the, you know, Werner work rate coming deeper than maybe expected. Now, just our out of ball last year seemed to be when we were struggling, hit Giroud. Um, earlier in the season when we were struggling hit the channels for Tammy. With Werner maybe being a little bit more fluid in where he's standing and where he is in transitions, everything like that, not being the same type of body, do you see that as 
a normal evolution and we've got the players to kind of deal with that now maybe in terms of on the ball or do you see that as almost a bit of a, a misfit and, and something that I take some teething problems and we have to play around with? Um, I think in possession of the ball in terms like higher higher up in the, on the pitch um, it won't be that kind of it won't be that unsettling in terms of his positioning because I, I do feel like when we're a little bit higher up um, we're able to we are generally able to play through the thirds a little bit better people like Kovacic um, Jorginho when he plays they um, they do kind of pick up pick out the right kind of passes in the first and middle thirds so I don't really feel like that will be a massive issue um, when when we're kind of camped in the opposition half as we were against Brighton I think maybe in the games when we're really really high pressed do I feel like the people at the back um, are significantly better than those that we had last year in possession of the ball? Probably that much in terms of other than Thiago Silva being like a, a clear difference maker in composure and whatnot on the ball um, and just like his, his presence. I probably wouldn't say that playing out will see a dramatic difference and obviously I'm Different, sorry, and I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure of what um, the kind of Ren keeper is going to look like um, when he comes in. So, oh, it'll be a difficult one. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I feel I feel as though from stuff like goal kicks and whatnot, um, it'll be interesting to see how we line up. But I imagine that they will get him to kind of stretch the pit a bit, um, almost like a little bit like how Aguero does at City. Um, and mm. I just think of that kind of um, that, like. Aguero scored a goal against Huddersfield where he was like standing in an offside position yeah, and yeah. lobbed yeah. it over, over the defence. And I could see, I don't know, well, I, I can't see a keeper do, playing a pass like that. I was going to say, there's a key ingredient in that move missing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but certainly, at least his, his positioning, I imagine, will be something more similar to that than, than as um, when, we, when the ball is that deep and then he kind of starts to roam as we, as we build, basically. Oh, and, and I think as well, Jermaine, like you were. Uh... If I remember one of the early, like, nah, man, Werner's going up top. Fuck all this left wing rubbish that Yas is talking about. Um, do you see that just being a de facto and that being what works? Or do you still kind of see, you know what, against camp defences when we do need to go a bit more physical? Do you see it being not an issue, but something we need to play with? Playing with a Giroud and a Tammy at times? Or. Is it just going to be like, nah, he'll be cool, and then either side we'll have a Havertz and a Ziyech and a Pulisic and a Hudson-Odoi and a Mount that will be fine to, to handle all that stuff? Um, I think it, it depends on in, like, how all the players link up to begin with, because if they have like, quite good play in between, like, like, with each other like, in terms of like, a lot of intricate play and are managing to, to break down some of these low block sides and that, then I think Lampard will try it. He'll try Werner against like, some of these other teams, even if they, even if they've got a, um, an advantage over him physically. But then I do think there's still going to be a lot of games where Giroud is going to be very, very useful. Like especially linking up with with, with uh, the winners that we've got, like um, Pulisic, obviously Hudson Odoi, Werner himself as well, and then even linking up with Havertz. I think Giroud could have a very good relationship with Havertz as well. I think. Mm. that could be something that works really well for us so I don't know we'll have to wait and see like I said if, if the attacking plays good with Werner and, and whoever the two wingers are on the side and you know they're just creating chances galore then 
I think Lampard will stick with it for the most part. But there's definitely still going to be games where Giroud is is needed because I just think the just the nature of the Premier League just it will it will pan you sometimes like when you when you've got like two three difficult games in a row. Do you know what I mean? So because I even and even even, even even the difference in the second half of the season where even Tammy was like they were getting a bit more into Tammy when they realised he was a threat opposition defences and they were just getting more physical on him and forcing him to do some really hard work back to goal. It needed a Giroud to come in and just tie everything together. So I'm interested, and especially if Werner is going to do this kind of, not false nine, because only one guy has ever really effectively been a false nine, but come deep and try and link and create spaces behind. I don't know, really, if we have the profile of winger for that. I think Pulisic has shown good penalty boxing stinks. Hudson, Adoy is still floating between wherever he's going to be a scorer or creator and Ziyech. Can do it, but we don't exactly have a Mane or a or a Salah, so that'll be an interesting little development. One guy. Oh, sorry. Go right. on. I was going to move on to Kai. Nah, no, no, no. I wanted to. So, in just in terms of yeah, of course, because just in, just in terms of profile of player, yeah, because I think you're saying that he's floating in between what type of wing he's going to be. I think it's quite clear what he is. I think he's a creative winger. I think he's very much in a similar role or similar vein of a Hakim Ziyech in terms of prime creator. Because if you look at his creation numbers, um, given um, the amount of time he has on the pitch, and I know it's very, very hard to gauge considering that he didn't really play that many games or start that many games. Um, but he is definitely one of our most creative players, not even just in terms of assists that he got last year. We got six in the league, but just in terms of, um, progression into the box in terms of creative passing, final third passing. Mm. Um, I think. Oh it's yeah, I don't, I, don't dis- I don't disagree. I don't disagree, and I think that's the point I'm making. Really, is that like if you have a Werner coming and doing that, and then mm. let's say your version of Hudson Odoi is what he's leaning more into now, as opposed to the academy where he was able to just get it and drive and be more of a goal scorer. Again, it doesn't really fit with what we've seen Werner doing that one preseason. You'd want Werner more running in behind for those little slide rule passes and those little uh, passes into the penalty area. So it's an interesting one. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, like I said, we're, we're going off a lot of behind closed door friendlies and, and everything like this. We're estimating stuff that after a week, we'll, we might just be like, oh, all right, that's what they're going to do. But, mm-hmm. but it is an interesting one to think. And then like, like you've just sort of alluded to there, there's players in the squad who are very much creators and then there's players in the squad who you know are more more scorers I think Pulisic was morphing into that a little bit and then there's players in the squad who haven't yet put the shirt on but they seem to be a little bit of both and that's Kai Havertz and um, he is probably I, I can't remember a more versatile midfielder in in Europe at that level in that he's been a six and really deep, he's been an eight, he's coming from the right, he's been like a more conventional ten, he's basically after the lockdown in Germany was a nine um, and was and was lovely lit up and time in his runs in to get um, probably his best slate of goals. So that's going to be an interesting one as well. Um, now the versatility might be a massive plus um, or it might just be a little bit of a, a teething issue of, of where exactly we get the best out of him. Now, I think long-term, maybe the right with Ziyech there isn't going to be it. Could be against Brighton. I think he could replicate a lot of the creation that we lose there without Ziyech and with Pulisic maybe not completely fit. Okay, he's back training and everything like that. Um, but Pels, I know you need to watch more of Havertz, as everybody kind of does, but based on what you have seen, where do you think he could have most success with his profile in the Premier League? But Maybe more importantly, where do you think we most need that injection of quality? 
I feel like um, kind of based off of what I've seen a lot of Werner doing in our shirt specifically, um, I guess, and I guess that's obviously only only off of the Brighton game. Sorry. Um, if that's anything to go by, then probably I want him as a kind of second striker type. Um, but if if Werner kind of plays a little bit higher in, in the mould that he does at Germany, um, I think we'd be okay to kind of play with a four three three and have Havertz as one of the two kind of midfielders ahead of Kante in a pivot, um, or whoever the DM is, you know, come October 5th. Um, I feel like because he does have that mesh of both, he, he will adeptly, you know, slot in and, and give us either the kind of creative elements that we, we so crave, but potentially also give us that kind of finishing ability. If it's, if it's a kind of Werner dropping off and, and Kai running in behind Ala Dele Alli, then I'm also kind of behind that. But it just depends on on how that attack is structured. I, I think that the fear I have is something that we, we've spoken about quite a bit, is that because Lampard is so early in his you know, in his stage in the stage of his career, sorry, as a manager and as a coach, his ideals probably aren't that set. Um, and I think what doesn't help that is a whole host of kind of moving variables and options to to further, you know, confuse or unsettle some of those those base opinions that you might already have. So it will be interesting to see where he sees him slot in, um, where he sees Werner slot in, where he sees kind of you know, mount and just the whole of the whole midfield composition. A lot of it does seem like a bit of a headache, basically. And, and I feel like when, when he's had headaches in the past, it's taken him, you know, a couple of times against the same opposition, for instance, to really nail it. Um, so, it'll be, yeah, no, it'll be really interesting to see, to be fair. Jermaine, versatility, hindrance or benefit? Um... I'd probably go benefit. I think I've already seen like straight away ZX's not even you know, season hasn't even started yet and ZX already injured. Um Pulisic has shown that he picks up quite a few injuries. Hudson Blaze like obviously had like a one really bad injury, but um again just don't know how it's gonna go in terms of in the future. So right now we've got a lot of players that pick up quite a few injuries. Like going off the back of just last season. And so I think right now it's, it's going to be a massive benefit. But in terms of if you wanted the best out of Havertz, I'd probably say, you know, I'd rather see him stick to like one position and I'd probably put him in midfield. But due to the fact that he can play all those positions quite well, like it's very rare that you get a player that can play two or three positions at kind of like the same level. And I think Havertz, that's why Havertz is different to a lot of players. I think a lot of players can, there's a lot of players that are versatile, but they, they play one position very well and the other two, they play probably okay. Whereas Havertz could probably play false nine and bang, and bang like double figures. He could play right wing and get double figures and assists. And then he could play midfield and get a bit of both. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and he comes across as that a very good player in all three positions. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, but. I think it will benefit us definitely right now. Well, and I mean, we're going to segue that from how they might look against Brighton because, again, Brighton will come and Havertz has gone and played fucking left-back and had a new possession to him just so we don't have to see Alonso again. So who knows what's going to happen Monday night. We'll have a really good idea on Thursday about how, how Lampard feels is the best foot forward. Um, 
moving on to, to put some of the spotlight on, on some of the guys we haven't mentioned there. Obviously, Werner and Havertz will probably be seeing very early. But I want to just get into just even pre-season. We've had a good summer. We've had a very exciting summer. It's this investment that a lot of people maybe wanted but didn't expect after a, a year of, of, of not really going into the market as much. I'm going to stick with you, Jermaine, because I know you've got an opinion on this, which, which might differ from a lot of people, especially going off the Twitter poll. So um, I ask people sort of what they're most excited about regarding the new signings and, and the clear front runners were Ziyech and uh, Havertz. Now, a lot of the, uh, the consensus I kind of agree with seem to be Ziyech first up, got a player in his prime, delivery, quality, finishing, creation, but Havertz long term. Now, you weren't happy with the lack of Thiago Silva love in that. So just I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you, then pivot over to, to Pels and Meads. In terms of your early shout, for signing of the season, who in May, when we're hopefully lifting a cup and without any more lockdown interruptions, are you? Are people going to be saying, "Yeah, that was the signing of the season"? I know you. You were quite in the Thiago Silva camp on this one. Yeah, one hundred man. I think I think Thiago Silva is like I'm mad excited to see him play at the back, and mainly just because of obviously he's got a mad lack of quality at the moment at the back, um, but. I think the way he's going to try and transform that back line in terms of his his um, experience, obviously at the highest highest level. I don't know, man. I feel like this guy is just going to come in and, and take the Premier League by storm, even at thirty five. It's got a funny feeling about it, bro. Like, so last year it was Joe saying Loftus Cheek's going to be captain in a year. This year, thirty five year old <laughs> centre back takes the Premier League by storm. Bro, I'm That's telling our you, our most aggressive shouter tonight. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think I think he's going to be a fucking revelation, bro. I can't lie. I really think so. Because I just think we ain't got yeah, nothing. Remember from storm to revelation. Yeah, bro. I'm serious. I'm serious. I think Thiago Silva's going to pattern us up proper. I can't lie. I've been a big fan of him, though, from like early, from Milan days, isn't it? So, be a little bit of bias there. But um, I just, I, I seriously think we have so much fucking quality at the back, bro. And I think he's the type of person that's just going to come in and he's not going to have these guys just wandering off doing bullshit, bro. Like, he's not going to have it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like right now at the back, as a centre-back, you look across to each other and when a man's telling you what to do, Rudiger just looks at one of them guys, if he's telling me what to do, I'm just not going to care, bro. Like, you're shit. Stop telling me what to do. Do you know what I mean? But it's like... And we know, we, we know that he's the talker in the back as well. Exactly. We've all played with a guy like that. He's just Ooh, like, fuck off, bro, man. Listen. Just shut up, man. Listen. He, he's, the, he's the kind of guy that just talks so much crap, yeah? And it's just like, it's just hindering everybody's performance. And... I can see them going to the change room, chatting to each other, saying, "Ask me, bro, what's this? What's this clown I'm talking about?" Like, yeah, I'm you know what? I think, I think what you're doing level, to do, level speculation. Uh, yeah, but likes to be the Pels is like the PFA of the poly. Don't like. Leave them alone. You know the funny thing is, to to be fair, everybody else, bro, they do the same shit. No, to be to be fair though, I think it's very important for us to say. Relativity, like so, relatively, Rudiger is obviously a very poor player in comparison to what it takes to be a, a top level footballer, especially at this level. Um, but he's not shit, obviously. He's just not. He's just not of the level, really and truly. And, and I think I think Meads as well. Meads, it's not even just the quality thing. I think Jermaine led with quality, right? But it's, mm. it's what he then ended up with. It's not the quality. It's the leadership abilities. And now you could be a quality player, but not necessarily have that. And it does feel like when a lot of the softer goals have gone in this year. 
we have two centre backs looking at each other, whether and listen, whether that be Zuma, whether that be Tamori, whether that be Christensen, whether that be Rudiger, even with us, there's not really a consensus number one. It's Zuma almost by default, but even Zuma, he's not, he's not, he's a, not bold. But let's just let's just, man, wait, wait, you know? let's just let's just go back though, just quickly. Yeah, I don't even want to spend too long on this because I know who's good. Like, it, I don't really. It's not even a thing. But like with Rudiger, let's just remember the thing, little things that he does. Like the thing at West Ham when a professional player kicks it off the pitch, the fucking pitch is a carpet, bro. And they're kicking it off the pitch for no reason, under no pressure. Like, bro, like, he's bad, bro. He's bad. Like, he's, he's doing double, like, two-footed challenges in the box consistently, yeah, going down, diving in consistently at this top level. Yeah. But hold on, Jermaine. So, Jermaine, I know, we know this. We don't, like you said, we don't want to go around the hours. You think Tamori's a good centre-back, Yes. I think Tamori's a good centre back, but he's you nowhere. Think Zuma's a good, you think, but you think Zuma's a good centre back, yes? Zuma's decent, yeah. So we've got him at the club, but it's the leadership that's going to be the real X factor here, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's that's the main thing that Thiago's going to bring, I think, as well. Like, but quality wise, as well, he's like head and shoulders above all of them, even at 35. Bro. Even at 35, bro. So, like, these men are nowhere near his level. Nowhere near. They're, they're going to be... In do, you, do, you, do you think there's going to be, like, an immediate, visible difference? Okay, he'll have to get to know a few people, train, mm. right, right, right. Yeah. Do you think it... I, I saw... I read somewhere, I don't even know, but uh, I read somewhere that Lampard almost... And this is quite... We, we, we took shots at Lampard and the coaching staff a little bit last year, especially post-lockdown, where it did feel a little bit like we went from reality check FC to individual errors FC, and then it's just like, bro, sort it out then. Um... And then there was some quotes out recently where he kind of fronted up that they need to reflect a lot more and, and stop those things happening. But then I also read something about Lampard sees Silva coming in almost as a, like an unofficial player coach where he can really lean on that experience to the, to the extent that he can just manage that unit. Because look, Lampard, for all of his experience and all of that, he spent most of his game popping it off, ghosting into the box and finishing. Now, let's... We're not expecting him to know the intricacies of, like, what it really, really takes in his second season, well, coming up to third as a manager, of, of really managing that back line. So, I can't remember, forgive me, whatever journalist that was, if anyone knows, please correct me, but that, again, was really reassuring to me that he acknowledges that, you know what, whatever is happening is not quite working with that back four. If I can rely on someone like Thiago Silva with all his wealth of experience that we learn and at PSG and at the top level... That sounds like signing into the season potential. The thing is, though, I feel like I, I do want to say I don't want us to go too overboard with Thiago Silva. Um, not just because of his age, but ultimately it's a big adaption. So you could be world class, you'd be fantastic in France, you'd be fantastic in, in pretty much most settings, but... It's a big adaption in the Premier League. Um, you're going to come up against opposition that you just generally just don't come up against at certain levels. So against like, I, I think it's very rare you'd find six foot one or slash two, six foot one, Thiago Silva coming up against the the hot, the, the Barneses of the world that are just, just not very good footballers, but they're super physical and they could dominate you. And it's just one of them. And fish. also on that, I mean, I think people under, underappreciate the, uh, especially for defenders, how difficult is it to adapt to the officiating here? Exactly. That's a whole other dimension. And, and, and the worst thing is, language barrier, and I think this is probably why Jay um, alluded to um, Kurt Zuma starting with him, 
simply because he feels like, um, and I kind of agree, um, just in terms of language barrier and uh, the capacity to direct. Um, because again, we're probably going to be playing with. I don't know if SP will start um, over James long term, but yeah, you're gonna you're you're gonna have a, a quite. Um, in terms of linguistics, you're going to need... Um, he, is he going to be able to need to communicate his messages across to these players? Um, so, we'll see. We'll see. I think Thiago Silva could potentially be a very great signing. And it could be a masterstroke signing. But um, the thing I did want to focus on was Frank Lampard taking accountability. Because that's probably the first time I've heard him do it. And um, it was impressive. And one thing that I think we, we mentioned a couple pods ago um, was... He's taken a, a, almost like a humbling of, of himself and obviously got a, a new, another first team coach into the picture, um, which is very important for me because I feel like structurally off the ball, not just set pieces, but off the ball, structurally we can be, well, in a lot of cases, in a lot of games, have looked all over the place. Um, so it, I do feel like he has started or begun to take accountability and probably look back and recognise that, you know what, a lot of the things I've said in terms of these individual errors probably isn't really the right thing to say. because Just in time for the holidays, fill your home and your season for less at homedepot.com. With up to 40% off a wide assortment of select bedding and bath linens, update your bed or bath online right from the comfort of your own cozy couch. Even get free delivery and flexible returns. How's that for holiday cheer? Up to 40% off holiday home decor improved from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Online only. Free delivery on select items $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com for more information. It's been a consistent thing. And really and truly, the setup a lot of the time um, could have been better. And those individual errors could have been prevented if certain situations were handled better. If you know what I mean, as a team, as a collective. So... I, I, it was very, it was very refreshing to hear it because I honestly was starting to get a bit concerned that he was ignoring those facts. Um, mm. so yeah, there's, there's a bit of a, um, it, it definitely was a, a, a thumbs up for me when I heard that. So, Mies, you you've sort of said that look, Thiago Silva could be a masterstroke. Mm. Jermaine has brought up Thiago Silva at every opportunity in transfer discussions. Like, where's the silver love? Who do you who do, who are you most confident about? Like, in terms of your shout, then. The signing of the season, who are you just most assured that this time in May we're going to be like, what did we do without this guy? Oh, um, Hakim Ziyech. Ziyech for me is a, is a shoo-in. It's a shoo-in for me. Um, it's, it's not just the style of play, um, but I think his infectious work ethic... I think obviously Timo Werner, I think Timo Werner is going to do very well here. I think he's going to score a lot of goals. But I feel like... Hakim Ziyech is someone that we've like, we've we've lacked a player of this ilk since Matter. Like the, the 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 capacity to unlock doors, and I feel like a lot of that what what Frank alluded to last season. Um, he's got two unlockers in. Obviously, I saw I I, I class Hudson Odoi as an unlocker, but Hakim Ziyech is a prime unlocker, and he's done it at every level. We've done obviously in in, in Holland, but he's also done on the European stage too. Um, and he's just a fantastic footballer in terms of technical ability and in, ter- in terms of believing in his capacity as well and his bravery and attempt to do things different and do, just attempt to do things, period. Um, yeah, I think he's the one player for me that I'll be extremely confident that will be a, a success this season. Obviously, long-term, I think even I think Havertz is going to have a fantastic impact this season. Um, mm-hmm. But 
that's more of a long-term thing. He's only 21, and I'm not expecting the world from him at the minute. I think I'm expecting good things because I think he's a quality player and a quality player now and obviously for the future. But with ZH, I think there's more of an assurance for me because I, I, I've, I've watched him for a long time and I know exactly what I'm getting from him. And I know, and I've, I look at him and I think, yeah, when I watch him, I look at him and I think, that can translate over here. That can translate over here. You know, the, 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 the certain the certain moves and passes he attempts, I see that, okay, that could be exploited over here. So I feel there's a, for me, there's a certain degree of assurance with his signing and this that signing are more than all the rest for me. I hear you. And then obviously we have to just acknowledge when whenever we praise something that Hakim Ziyech does, um, you know, we, we've spent money. So Liverpool, different type of club. He's cheaper than Salah and Mane, obviously. But, you know, different club. We shouldn't enjoy those things. Mm. Uh, Pels, are you actually happy about any of these signings? Or are you just free for every young player's path they're going to block? Um, no, I, I'm not, like, unhappy. I'm, I'm not particularly enamoured either. Um, I'm, like, I was not because... How are you not enamoured with any of these signings? No, so like I was gonna say that like Ziyech is my big one. That's the what, mm. I just feel like I, I really, really, really enjoyed watching him in the kind of Ajax Champions League run. Um, but outside of him, I've not seen a lot of Havertz, so I'm not like kind of swooning over him in the same way that I guess other people are. And that's partly just down to the kind of the lack of time I've had to yeah, kind I mean. of see him. But with Werner, it's it's probably just me being a little bit kind of picky, but I've well, said you got before, you got you just, got bad not, in the group chat, not liking Werner because he doesn't do enough skills, basically. So you want to set that record that, straight. But that was that essentially wasn't wasn't my 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 point. But um, I know that's why we're taking it. Yes, it's not really like a it's not really a flair thing, um, or even a kind of source or showmanship sort of thing. It's it's just in terms of. I, when I see him, I feel like he's a really good, like, nine fox-in-a-box type man. Um, I'm just worried that in the game where there's, like, really tight, fine margins, because he doesn't have that kind of um, off-the-cuff nature or um, ability that I, I'd consider special um, in terms of just the, the ability to kind of beat beat one or two, the wriggles. He's, he does have a little bit of, like, a shift, a feint, Um and, and he showed that in the Germany game. And I know he's a quality finisher and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think in final margins, I'm just a little... Where, where, where's tight? Where's really tight in big games? I'm worried about him not having that kind of special moment in him. And I, I guess it's not it's not that fair that my benchmark for, like, a top, top, top nine is, like, Luis Suarez. Mm. Um, so, when I, and when I think about kind of what he was able to do, the way he was even able to, like, Win pens, the jamming kind of nutmegging people falling over, that sort of stuff. Um, that doesn't really sound that kind of flary, but he was able to just come up with something. Um, mm. and that's where I'm worried about. There was even like a little clip of, of him at the Ben White, and Ben White's kind of like just staring him down, like, Give me the ball, you know. Like, was that, was, that, the, was that the one where he tried? He, he was like, and then he just tried to take one touch past him, and he's like, no, Yeah, like he just, he just got a little bit of like stiffness. Yeah. Um. In that. In that. Can you? Era, can you foresee him? Uh, let's go the other way. Can you foresee him 
against deep blocks, against physical defences, against good 1v1 defenders, can you foresee him getting found out a little bit and actually not touching the goal marks that he did in Germany where it's so transition-focused and people come out to play and everything like that? Mm, not so much, like because I still feel, I still feel like he'll get a, a good deal of goals and in a sense that he's, he's quite aware of his surroundings in terms of the space. So I like I could see him popping up kind of in the left channel, albeit with not a lot of space around him, but trying to work his way and work a shot for himself in that area. Or I don't see him being isolated in, in the in the way that we'd we typically see, like let's say Tammy at times or Giroud at times. I feel like he's someone that isn't gonna be restricted to the kind of two centre halves. Um but that's not to say that he's necessarily gonna score. I feel like if he if he moves about like that, um, he will kind of get chances and whatnot. I just, I think the, where it will be difficult for him is is more, is just how often he sees the ball in those scenarios. So talking about the deep block, if we've not got, if we're not moving the ball quick enough, if the tempo is not there for him to do his little one-twos and pop up, is he going to um, have an impact? But I don't think that's going to be him being found out per se. Do you know what? I, I had these similar rev- um, reservations when we were linked with, um, Aubameyang so remember um, I think it was probably like two seasons ago where we were linked with him and I did a deep dive and I thought okay yeah yeah he's bagging bear in Germany like loads but I wasn't convinced that he'd score here and I think that there's a thing that we do um, almost me I did it a little bit earlier um, where we kind of overstate um, the quality and overstate the, the level of defending in this league Um because generally against low block teams, I still see Aubameyang scoring, and Aubameyang for me hasn't got the individual ability to to like 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 the Suarez is. I understand where Pels is coming from in regards to the best strikers having that. It's not even necessarily X factor, but I think the just the audacity to do certain it's things. It's just the individual. Yeah, the indiv- exactly. And even for me, I, I I'd say that. I'd say the same. I, when it comes to ranking strikers at the very top end and the absolute top, um, I'd, I'd place those strikers that have the individual ability to do stuff out or just pull something out of the hat um, over, obviously, the, the proficient super goal scorers. That being said, there's not that many in world football. I don't think there's any right now in world football that are... Or maybe a... Maybe a Haaland? Like even Haaland is... Robotic. Yeah, even him, he's a bit more ro- robotic with his, with his play. He's not necessarily one that's going to dubs up 10 or 5 man and then slap it in the top corner. No, he will shift it and hit it in the top corner. So as long as and you're... Even you might argue Mbappe, but he's been shifted out wide. Exactly. That, that thing is hard to do in that area. In the central areas. And even Mbappe himself has verb... Like he's, he's been vocal about playing up front. He's not really... He doesn't really enjoy it because he doesn't really get the space to do what he wants to do. So... Whilst I, I I get Pearl's reservations and I, I had those before, but I'm I can I'll have those reservations, but quite I'll be quite silent with it because I was terribly wrong in regards to Aubameyang and his capacity to net in this league. So I think that we might be doing a bit of an overstating job here because I remember what again Diego Costa uh, is pretty similar. When we signed him, I wasn't too excited. At all, because I used to think, yeah, he, he scores the scrappy goals, he scores um, the, the odd individual um, transitional goals, but the capacity to score um, those individuals, like just showing individual ability to score, I mean, just 
pick something out the just pull something out of the hat. He didn't for me didn't really have that. But in this league, he netted, netted consistently. So yeah, uh, my reservations are slight, but they're not, they're not really something that I'll be worried about too much. Not on, on that though. I think for me, it's it's not my. I've never questioned his ability to score goals in the league, and, mm. and that's not so much what where the reservation comes from. I think the individualism aspect is more. And when I say tighter games, I'm talking, you know, your big six. Because I I feel like um, Alvar is a is a very good like would be a very good benchmark for Werner in mm. terms of they do have kind of similar limitations, but because he's proved that he can score and because he's proved that he can kind of replicate his Bundesliga form in the league. I'm not actually worried about Werner scoring, generally speaking. I think if it's... Right. I guess, for me, it's just that kind of... Am I super excited at the prospect of having, you know, a number nine? If I was, it would be a nine with that kind of individualism, like I, I said, it. and sort of flair in that sense. But 100%, no, I don't, I don't doubt he'll score. Um, I, think he'll, I think he'll be a very good goal scorer. And even, like, the goals for Germany were were impressive to me in a sense that he wasn't that involved in play, but still was able to net. Leipzig, um, post-lockdown, had a like, few kind of not great games, but again, still kind of involved in the goals. And, and ultimately, that's what we need. So I'm not, um, I'm not mad at that at all. I, no, I no. guess it's a thing for you where it's more like, just on a personal taste and a personal preference. Yeah, yeah. Like he isn't the, he's just not the, he's not the one for you. Like, I know there's a couple of people that have watched Werner for a long time. I've watched him for a long time. So, I feel like there's an element of surrealness in the, in the signing because I didn't think that we'd be like, capable of signing him. So, there's a, there's a, from that aspect of things, I'm excited to see him here and see him at Chelsea. But I feel like in terms of, Signing that one perfect striker, I, I get it. In terms of, for you, like, oh my, this is the what these are. This is the type of striker. This is the perfect type of striker that I like, or my type, or my favorite type of striker. It's not that, so that's why you're not enamored by it because it's not that. I get it. I, I, I get that. It's, it's not. It's not to say that you don't think he'll bang. It's not to say that you don't think he'll be good or great. Um, but it's just, just that it's very difficult to be enamored by something that isn't the actual perfect thing, especially if it's like. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's not one of them ones. My, my main my main takeaway here, I'll be honest, is didn't really think Costa or Aubameyang will bang. Big Batshuayi fan. Don't sign a striker off Meads' word. Uh, oh, so we'll moving, see, man. <laughs> moving from expectations on players, right? Because it is a season preview. It's on the evening. I think it's, it's good to kind of talk about now where this team is. Um, and there's people talking about title challenge. I don't know. For me, I think there's a lot of points to make up. I think City are going to strengthen as well. Liverpool will see. I just uh, I, I don't know if you're going to stand still for two years and, and still be as competitive but we'll see. Um, I think the old adage is kind of like if you're standing still then you're essentially moving backwards. Now obviously we've not done that in terms of the market and the players that we've acquired but last year despite all its challenges and obviously helped by rivals being inept Top four, cup final. Mm. Is it fair to say with all of this investment and the extra year that Lampard's had in getting to know his squad and getting his players, Chilwell, as well as massively coveted players, Havertz, top four in a cup final would be a relative failure for this year? Or is, I, that, or is that too harsh and it's all a process and three-year plan and all, um, all, 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 all. I agree. Um, I, one, one thing I would say is that it, it all depends on the manner in which we end in the top four. 
So if, if, for example, we finish in the top four on a comfy third or second, yeah, I can't say, oh, yeah, he's, he's, got, he's gone back. Yeah, it's all, all about... Yeah, yeah, not all top fours are exactly. They're not all the same. If we're, we're, if we're like, you know, scrimmaging and, like, 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 struggling over the line to get top four again, then, yeah, certain questions need to be asked. Um, cup finals, you some, if you get there, yeah, you, you obviously you hope to win them, but... It's just one of them things. Like, if if we get there, great. If we, I I can't put, I for me, I can't put the barometer of getting to a cup final or or demanding our oh, Frank has to get to a cup final. If he doesn't get to a top, cup final, we've gone backwards. I can't look at it like that. I have to look at it mm. a, a holistic view and think to myself, have we as a side? progressed yeah so where we where we finish isn't really the barometer for me if we if if i look at how we get to certain areas how we how over the course of the season how we perform and compare it to last season then i'll be able to look at the barometers because i feel like like you said rightfully so a lot of our uh, opponents and, and challenges for the top four floundered i think leicester leicester um let themselves down obviously arsenal were arsenal tottenham let themselves down in the sense that they 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 sacked Pochettino and and got in Judas. So it's just like it's just one of them ones where you don't know. You don't know. Certain teams could have an absolutely amazing season, and we could have improved. We actually may have been able to improve in terms of our performances, consistency. And it gets the top four defensively might be better, but others around us might improve too. So it, we have to start looking at things relatively rather than just where we end up. You know what I mean? But it's all about the man. I agree. I, I, I agree. I think. Yeah, you can improve and almost finish in the same place like you can. Like it's, uh, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's a results business, and obviously with the investment comes that added pressure. Jermaine was nodding so furiously to the question that I thought he was going to fall off his seat. So Jermaine, heart on the sleeve, if you can, if 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 you're able to to do that, mm. why would that? be a failure to you if we don't really kick on in terms of measurable things in terms of winning or like me said a much much closer gap in terms of points um why would that be failure to you i just think in terms of the areas that we've signed like the, the areas that we've improved in not one of them's not one of them's been like a like a poor signing in terms of like we've moved sideways or anything like that I mean, some people might argue um, maybe Chilwell, maybe, or Mendy, possibly. We don't know yet. But like, I doubt Thiago Silva is going to come in and be worse than any of our centre-backs. I doubt Ziyech is going to come in and be worse than Willian. I doubt Werner is going to come in and be worse than, you know, um, I'm not going to say Giroud because I think Giroud has been really good for us like when, when he's played the majority of the time. But um, Tammy... Quality-wise, I think Werner will, will end up being better than what Tammy was for the first half of the season, despite the goals that he got. Um, and then you talk about the players that were injured last season that were that were coming back from massive injuries. You've got Loftus-Cheek and hudson Odoi back in the squad. So now you've got depth. You've got Pulisic firing. Like, I think finishing fourth for me, I'd be, I'd be glad if we finished fourth. I'd be honest. I, I'm looking at pushing for second, but like, Real talk. I'm not even. I just think. I looked at our results and I looked at um, how many times we'd conceded more than more than two goals in a game in a league game last season. I think it was 15 games we conceded more than two goals, two goals or more. And I just feel like 
a lot of the, a lot of the games, despite um, a lot of the games, apart from against the top six, I don't think we should be losing in games, bro. Like, I'll be honest with you, we shouldn't be losing in games. Shouldn't even be drawing in games because we dealt with a lot of these, we dealt with a lot of these teams last season. We dealt with them. But so, so what that, what that is, that's title form. So are you would yeah. you be expecting a challenge at least until the later parts of the season to be in and around that? Yeah, I, I expect I expect us to play similar to the way. Not I, I hate comparing it because it's not going to be anything like them. But when Liverpool were were firing, I and, hope we play better football than Liverpool. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what I'm saying. But when Liverpool were firing um, with with Suarez, Sterling, all of that, but mm. they were still quite shaky at the back. I don't think it's going to be anything of a, like it's not going to be like that. But results wise, I think it's going to be like that. So I think. It might still be a little bit shaky at the back. We might still concede here and there, but we shouldn't be conceded more than like more than one. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't think it will be leaky at the back. I just think we might concede one. We won't get many clean sheets, but we'll outscore teams. Because I don't expect us to to be struggling yet. If we're still struggling against these teams, you can't tell me that's not a failure, bro. Mm. If Havertz, Van Aziek all on the pitch, you can't. Nah, that's that's failing. Bro. What what? Well, I would say, and I, I, I do somewhat agree, um, it, it, from, from my perspective, yeah, when it comes to those games, I feel like a lot of those games we threw away because we started moving away from the principles in the first place. So I think that we'd start out well, we start attacking the teams well, um, but we're, we're struggling to break them down, um, just, just in general. And we start getting a little bit tetchy and not feeling that the goal will come. Then we start throwing the kitchen sink and then we lose the game. I remember West Ham at home, West Ham away. Those things happen consistently throughout the season. I think even against, it wasn't South, it was, it was Bournemouth. It was against Bournemouth. We're throwing the kitchen sink and then we lose it in the last minute to a Gosling, on, a Gosling overhead kick. In the last, and it was just a VAR. It's- Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just one of them things. I feel like... Because we've added more firepower, and it's not just firepower in, in terms of like goals, but in terms of attacking prowess, creative creativity, and the capacity to unlock doors. Hopefully, and obviously you've got a fit, well, a couple more fit players that could be squad players as well um, that can change games. I get where Jay's coming from. I feel like certain games that we lost or drew. We, we could be able to turn them into wings, all things being considered. Obviously, that the stars have to align for that to happen. But um, I, I, I can see where he's coming from in terms of a, a title challenge. or not, I wouldn't even say title challenge because that's quite premature. I think that we have to kind of see how the first couple of games go, um, probably like the first 10 games, and that will kind of determine where we're going to be. Because I, I think it's quite clear. I think the first 10 games last season showed us quite vividly and quite clearly how the season would pan out. Um, I think the same is going to happen again this season. We have to kind of understand after the first 10, we start reviewing and seeing what the real objectives will be. Um, but I, I, I do agree. If, we, if it's a certain thing where we're struggling to, to beat these teams, struggling to, to get top four comfortably, 
yeah, it, it, that's where you start having to look at the manager and the coaching staff for sure. Last one, Pell's just on on this. Like, as someone who, how do I word this? Uh, wasn't happy with a lot of last year in terms of the play, and you talked a lot about not really seeing where things were going and the process and the direction and everything like that. Up until as late as sort of February, March, I don't know how much that changed over lockdown, but after lockdown. Um, what will please you as as someone who just cares about those things about, oh, I just don't want to see crap football or what that is and what that looks like in this team? And what will you, as a, the chief, how do I word this, um, guy who can just get put to a point where I don't want to watch this shit anymore, what would keep you engaged and you see as a success of management and of squad management and of of putting things out on the pitch aside from a win or a cup or this or that what what does it need to be that even if we don't win something that's the evidence there like Mies alluded to okay you might improve how do you feel like they need to improve this year I feel like last year um, when he came in it was very much um, we were searching for ideals and we were searching to, to hoping to see things and um, there wasn't really much to base it upon. Don't feel like anyone really watched Derby in that in in the season um, prior to last to the last one. So um, whereas this year we kind of have a basis and a foundation, and for me that allows for like really a lot more like measurable targets. Um, and I was just like looking at the table earlier, seeing that we we conceded 54 goals. Like to me, that's unacceptable. Um, to me, that's 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 the most in the top 10, and that's got to come down by a, a great deal, um, not only just for the sake of numbers, but that, that is genuine evidence of how shaky we were at the back. Um, mm. I'm hoping that like the signing of, of Anthony Barry, which I think is as important as some of the, the kind of um, playing staff coming in, I'm hoping that that really does see us shore up and, and approach games in a much more just organised fashion, in a much more well-structured fashion. I, like, I love the concept of us being this kind of free-flowing side. Um, and as much as, like, with the players we've got, it's possible, I'm conscious that that um, can almost take precedent, especially with the type of manager and the type of player he was and what I imagine he would like to see with midfielders bombing on, chipping in, getting goals, high-pressing, high-octane football. Um, what that usually leads to is a lot of imbalance, chaos sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see... Uh, a kind of much more balanced team, a team that concedes far less goals because I think that's just so, so important. Um, and, and within that, I'm not necessarily looking for us to, to challenge Liverpool City. I do feel like the gap is a lot bigger than maybe people make out. And I don't think we're kind of, you know, recognising how, how difficult it will be, at least in the early stages of the season, to incorporate and embed um, the new signings and get them all fired. Especially with the of this preseason, it's exactly. Not even with basically, without yeah. a preseason, basically, um, coronavirus, people not playing and not trading and all this sort of stuff. I do think it's going to be hard to really get them settled into uh, his kind of 11, 15, 11 to fifteen kind of squad. Mm. Um, mm. So, I, so I'm not. I wouldn't be too mad at us if you know the we weren't firing on all cylinders on all fronts. Um, but I do think, like, from a measurable kind of footballing perspective. We do need to look a much a much more well structured side, um, and I do think that the quality that you've 
we've paid for in terms of attack as well will we'll kind of naturally iron out some of the issues um, with, with our... In terms of just killing games and... I completely agree. What I would say, what I would just want to just piggyback off off of that. Um, again, that that defensive record was shocking, and it's almost like I know a lot of people speak about title challenge, and I, I whilst I understood what Jay was saying, I think there's also a, a we need to recognize and understand. Yes, we've absolutely improved the the, the quality of the playing staff at the club. That being said, we also still have a very inexperienced manager relative to the ones that are fighting for titles, one title, one one Champions League, one the Premier League. So I think it's very, very that's why I say it's premature. We need to kind of take a step back and have a, a understanding of what we're gonna get in terms of the first couple of games. Not necessarily to say if we're gonna t- challenge, but it will kind of give you a, a clearer picture. Because again, Frank Lampard is still in his infancy as a manager, and I don't think any one of us could tell you exactly how he'd want to approach a game, really and truly, or how we how we how because we just don't know. It's still very new, still very fresh, so we just have to wait and see. Um, but. Like Pearl said, with the added quality, the the attacking deficiencies hopefully should be ironed out. It's just about the defensive ones. And but again, what Pearl said when it comes to Anthony Barry, we're just we can only hope that he has a positive impact on our defensive solidity and structure because um, I think that's I think that's absolutely vital, absolutely vital. Because without a, a decent and stable defense, yeah, we're not really going to get anywhere fast, really and truly. Um, I mean, like we've all said, there's been no preseason. Uh, anything that has happened has been very behind closed doors. I think this is going to be one of the hardest seasons to predict because of our little information we have going into it. Um, I think the first five to ten games will really sort of show us where we are. Um, obviously, there's mitigating factors of coronavirus and still quarantining coming into this season. And I'm sure there'll be some twists and changes as we go on. First game, Brighton. Second game, Liverpool. Little Carabao, Carabao Cup break. And then West Brom. So so there's there's all ends of the table there to show us where we are and where we're going to go. Um, in terms of predictions for it, I think I think Meads makes a really good point there about improvement is not just in the trophies, but Jermaine came straight back at that. And I don't disagree that this investment requires a certain expectation. Um, and in terms of signing of the seasons... <laughs> Jermaine is still riding the Thiago Silva train. Mr. Meads, they're on the Hakim Ziyech train. And the only name that Pels, the contrarian, gave by name was Anthony Barry, which is so on brand that I cannot believe my ears. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Um, there will be some Patreon content this week regarding what exactly we're going to do in the transfer window. Um, we still have so many little futures to sort out before we even discussed about how these players impact Mount, Loftus-Cheek, Barkley, Alonso and Emerson's future. To Mori, there's a loan deal in the pipeline, but that's still three senior internationals at centre-back who are not really accounted for in their future. So there's a lot that Lampard needs to still resolve. Um, and I think that could have as much of an impact on the season who's still around in reserve as any, as any of these signings do. So... It's, it's a weird preview of sorts because we have so little to go on, but I'm sure over the next two, three weeks, we'll really start to see things taking shape. Um, boys, thanks for your time. As always, Chessie Awa, follow the Twitter. Chessie Awa, jump on the Patreon. Chessie Awa. Um, yeah, bless up, and I'll, I'll see you all next week.
Nice one. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Sports Social Podcast Network.